Welcome to the Double Shot with James and Mitch. Mitch, it is the last one of the year. Last one of the year. It's been a, been a fair regular appearance for me to round the year out. So yeah, I I've been enjoying you've doubled, it. Doubled your appearances year on year. Yeah. It's a terrific rate of return. Yeah, yeah. If only, um, if only all of my properties did that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, but by, by the way, I finished. I finished treason last mm. night. Just the night before we uh, re- we record this week. Great show. And it's good, I isn't think it? you recommend you recommended that when you got back from Perth a couple of weeks ago. I did. I, I jumped on it. It's only five episodes, but I, I've dusted that in the space of about a week and no regrets. That that is one of the best shows I've seen this year. Matt, it is um I, I love that sort of, you know, intelligence um type of T V series and, and British as well. I really like British T V series. So it mixed both together and can thoroughly recommend it to anyone looking for a a bit of a uh, a bit of a TV series over the break. First time you've loved anything intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They say opposites attract. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, by the way, speaking of intelligent, I, I have uh, a great book recommendation. It it, it escaped my, my mind uh, when we, we did the quick shots last week and, mm. and one of our listeners asked for book recommendations. Mm. And and this one, I was, I'm reading it at the time. I finished it on the weekend and I didn't recommend it and it was remiss of me, but it is one of the better books I've ever read. It's a biography on Elon Musk that's been done by Walter Isaacson who uh, did the biography on Steve Jobs, the really, really famous one. Mm. And the access that he got is incredible. He speaks to pretty much everyone that Elon Musk has ever had a relationship with, personal, professional uh, or different. Strange cat, like you, you you read the book and you think Elon Musk is a strange dude. Uh, definitely would not want to be him. But what I really liked about it is he's got this amazing ability to overcome speed bumps, roadblocks, mm. things that get in his way. Mm. And I think it's a really good good lesson for, for all of us to sort of, um, you know, if you, if you hit a, 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 a wall um, to kind of just take a moment and think, well, is there a way around this? Is there a way to maybe do something different where I can not be as stuck as I am uh, now? So one of the better books I've read from a, a personal development point of view, doesn't make you like Elon Musk though. Um, yeah, right. But great uh, book for, from a learning perspective. Very interesting. I might have to um, to pick it up over the break depending on how many pictures it has in it. I was going to say, you're, you're more audio, <laughs> aren't you? You're, you're, you're an audio operator. Yeah. I am an audio operator. I like to consume, you know, that type of thing while I'm doing other stuff like cleaning the house or going for a run <laughs> or something like that. But anyway, I think Alex would, would be screaming at us through her radio, earphones or whatever that it's taken this long for us to get into the deal of the of the week. And there's been a lot of deals over the last sort of, what th- did you say? Three deals in three hours? Three deals in half an hour. Three deals in my, half my, an hour uh, yesterday. I've got, I've got the, uh, I subscribe to the financial review and uh, it notifies me when uh, like sort of news articles of my interest pop up. And yeah, bang, 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 within half an hour, three massive uh, uh, transactions 
more than billions of dollars worth of transactions all announced in the space of a half an hour period across three uh, different ones. Now, two of them we have no idea about. We cannot talk to, but there was one that is easily the biggest property deal in recent years. And I'll I'll throw to you because you actually deal with both of these developers. They're the, the, I would say they're the number one and two uh, certainly listed developers in Australia mm. um, as property developers. And For sure. We just can't start anywhere else today, can we? No, we can't. So ASX announcement yesterday from Stockland and Lendlease. Um, Stockland are acquiring about 12 of Lendlease's communities across the country, which equates to about 27,600 lots. Now, they're buying that for about $1.3 billion. Um, there may be some additional land included in that as well. So works out to be that they're paying, well, it depends whose announcement you read, right? Which is something that I th- was quite confused of. So, Stockland are apparently paying just over a billion dollars for twelve communities, which equate to twenty-seven thousand six hundred lots. Works out to be about thirty-eight and a half thousand dollars a block. And then they've got the option or right to acquire a further parcel of land for another two hundred and thirty odd million dollars. So either way, that works out to be 38 and a half grand. Whereas Lendlease's announcement says that they bought the 27,000 lots for 1.3 billion, which is about 50k a lot. Who knows, but somewhere between 38 and a half thousand dollars and 50,000 dollars a lot is what Stockland is paying for 27,000 lots across the country from Lendlease, which is huge. So a couple of things on that. I think uh, first and foremost, let's start with uh why each party has decided to, mm. to go, like why did Lendlease decide to sell and why did Stockland decide to buy? Mm. Uh, you've probably got a different view to, to me or, or we might have similar, but what it signals to me is that Lendlease have said, we see the future of Australian housing in density. Yeah. We're selling all of our land that is house and land in the burbs and we're keeping, because they've kept... Uh, still some of their property uh, and, and majority of it's it's the built form or medium density. Mm. They've said, we see that as being the way that Australians want to live going forward. Mm. Whereas Stockland have gone the other way yeah. and seemingly said, well, we're going to double down. They're, they're, they have, I, I would assume, added um, probably at least a third, maybe even nearly 50% uh, to, to their, like they've added 30 to 50% it, take, it takes their total land holding Stockland to just under a hundred thousand of lots. Okay, is, so it's, it's added yeah. thirty. It's added about a third. Yes, so they've just grown by a whole third and bought nothing but land in the suburbs. Yep. So they've doubled down. That's a big bet, mate. And they've stepped out the payment too. So I thought this was good because we we always like the nitty and gritty of the deals. So they're buying what's yep. called the balance sheet project. So they're, they're th- there's three there's twelve projects as I said, of which three Lendlease own outright and develop. And they are the balance sheet they're, ones. They're, so they're what's the called a, a, a balance sheet project. They're the landowner. They're the developer. And then there's nine projects under what's called a project delivery agreement which is effectively they partner with a landowner, they deliver the project under a development management agreement and they pay the landowner out the back end. So there's nine of those. So the tranche one payment from Stockland is $370 million, which is what they've paid for the balance sheet projects, the three. That's due in the third quarter of this financial year. So that'll be the first quarter of next calendar year. Um, the second tranche of $290 million is due in the fourth quarter, so effectively the month later of FY24. 
And then there's 405 million expected to be paid in the third quarter of FY25. So they've pushed that out a fair while. And then if they choose to you know, acquire the other parcel, they make another payment of 239 million in 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 the first quarter of FY25. So there you go. It's not a it's not a big uh, uh, sort of single transaction of cash to Lendlease. It's being stepped out over two financial years by the looks of it. Who would you prefer to be Stockland. in this deal? Yes. Well, you know, having not knowing the reasons why doing it, you know, like there's pressures on Lendlease, I imagine, from debt positions, um, balance sheet pressures and, and shareholder pressures, I'd imagine. So they've probably got their reason. But if you're asking me which business I'd like to inherit, if I could choose, I'm taking Stockland with 100,000 lots across the country and land versus Lendlease with a focus on density. Yep. I, I, I agree. Know. I mean, number one, I, I probably think Lendlease has made the wrong bet. Like I, I just don't think Australians do want to live simply in high rise and and built form. Uh, I think Stockland. I think Stockland have done the better deal, but the, I don't know if if from a dollar's point of view it works out because let's say they've paid they've paid whatever they've paid thirty to fifty thousand dollars a lot. Yeah, and we're st- starting to go into territory that maybe our listeners don't care for. But <laughs> it's your podcast; you can do what you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, they've paid thirty to fifty thousand dollars a lot. But to your point that you made just now, nine so three quarters, nine out of twelve, or three quarters of the land that they've bought, they've not only got to pay the one point three billion dollars to Lendlease, They've got a project delivery agreement, so they they actually have to pay the landowner still. Yeah. So 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 they're they're actually paying a lot more than the one point three billion. Um, it's just that that they're 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 not actually buying the land in, yes. in three quarters of them. So exactly financially, uh, who would I rather be? No idea because it's too hard to know because of the 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 nature of of what they've bought. I'd certainly rather have the twenty seven thousand lots than not though. And yeah, Lendlease can have an interesting well, sort of problem. Of where, do, where do they go and park the one point three billion? Well, that's that's the question, and and the, and there is conditions precedent, which obviously the sales subject to a few things. One of which you raised there, those landowners on the nine projects have to consent to it as well. So. I imagine they've already firmed that up, um, but there is third. Um, you'd oh, you would so. you'd think so. <laughs> you'd hope so. Uh, and f- and and again, sorry, listeners, if you we're about to move on, but um, <laughs> four of the projects in southeast Queensland, four in Melbourne, uh, and then you've got two in Perth and two in New South Wales. I think I think one of those yeah. in Sydney. Four projects. In you're regional. right in Queensland, four in Vic, but sixty percent of the lots in Queensland. If you're doing it in purely by by numbers. So anyway. We've probably just uh, just had a chat we'd normally have over coffee live on a podcast. So we're, how good? <laughs> we, we, we will now cover off the, the two other deals briefly uh, because they're not our wheelhouse. We, we have no idea what we're talking about when it comes to uh, an Avery masonry business. So uh, the Barrow family, uh, private family, have paid $2.1 billion to buy the cement maker, Avery. So they make like mm. all the, the cement, you know, cement bricks that yep. you see, um, uh, cement retaining walls, all that sort of thing. So big, big player in that industry, uh, paid three, $3.20 a share, which is, which, um, is, is quite a bit higher, 41% higher than what the shares closed for on Friday. So if you were a shareholder and you'd gotten in fairly recently, I think you've done quite well out of that little deal there. And Avery Masonry been going since 1882. So very old, established uh, business. Nice payday. 
Nice payday. And uh, Link, uh, they're a share registry, which is a very boring business. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this is probably the, the most boring of the deals. <laughs> it still costs $1.2 billion. Uh, so Mitsubishi UFG, UFJ, sorry, Financial Group have bought that one for $1.2 billion, $2.10 a share. Yeah. Not as good an outcome, is it? Well, I was going to say, um, they listed on the ASX in 2015 at $6.37 a share. So I dare say, had you purchased in 2015, um, you, you probably wouldn't have been too happy with the result there. Yeah, so a couple of b- big deals uh, and good deals and, and probably that link one, a bit more of a rescue mission. But uh, a busy day to start the last week of the year, certainly running uh, towards the end of the year. I was going to say, I reckon the employees running those deals had KPIs for in before Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, James, we talk about the building industry and and largely in the context of builders' profits and and all sorts of different aspects. But something that's rocked that industry, uh, well, recently, but formally announced last week was that the federal and state workplace relations and work and health and safety ministers have announced a ban on the supply and manufacture of engineered stone. So maybe for the listeners, you can give us a bit of a, I guess, insight into what engineered stone is, what it's used for and and what impact that's going to have on, I guess, the day-to-day runnings of the, 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 the building industry. So basically, it's it's your it's your stone bench tops mm. using um, different types of stone that you you sort of uh, blend together, and the big one the big one that they've taken to task is Caesar stone bench tops. Yep. So I don't know. Have you have you got? I've got Caesar stone in my whole house. Me too. Yep. Yeah. So so the issue is not necessarily in 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 the house. Um, for for the people who live in the house, don't don't stress too much about getting your, your kitchen redone next week, <laughs> but. Rather, it, it is a it is a big deal for the people who manufacture it yes. and the workers who are cutting it, because the silica that comes off of the stone in in the production process has been found to be very harmful for for people. So they've just done it. They've they've issued a literal blanket uh, ban. And what surprised me was the extent of I guess people who are going to be affected because I didn't realise that the engineered stone had such a big share of the market. Mate, I didn't, like, I obviously knew it was common, but what, they're saying that engineered stone is used for 60% of the 215,000 residential kitchens built last year. Is that right? That period? Yeah. And 446,000 bathroom bench tops over FY21. That's a so lot of, the that best, is a best part of 700,000 bench tops a year. And, wow. and they account for 60% of it. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and it's from, yeah, from July 1. Mate, so, so it's almost with immediate effect. You've got six months basically. So I wonder if you have to have, so say for example, you've got a house under construction at the moment that's been approved and it has engineer stone in it. I wonder if it needs to be completed by that date or has to be approved by that date. Do, do you, sorry to question without notice, but... No. Well, I, I think the finer details are still being hashed out because yeah. each state actually they surely controls all of this. They surely can't make someone that's got a building approval um, and is under construction have to go and pivot. Ma- no, maybe. Appa- well, p- apparently though, uh, it's going to add at least 50% to the cost of... Of the bench top itself. Wow! So it's it's a very it's it's the most cost economical way to build the stone. Um, gotcha. And yeah, the, 
uh, I think I, I mentioned to you before we recorded that <laughs> d- there's a guy, a guy by the name of David Cullen. He's the boss of Caesarstone, the, the business. They uh, make $116 million US, so nearly $200 million Australian in sales of, Caesar, of stone benchtops each year. They literally account for half of the Australian market. He had this massive long quote and honestly, I, I would just sum it up as he, he's pissed off. As he would be. I wonder, <laughs> like I, I would hopefully have thought that they had some consultation with, you know, stakeholders in you know, engineered stone because um, imagine waking up to, like you said, your AFR gives you a few pop-ups. Imagine reading a pop-up on your phone that your core oh, business think, can no think, longer operate. I think he was well aware. I think he'd, I think he'd, he'd, he'd known for quite he'd some time. He'd surely lobbying it. But yeah, uh, anyway, bad, bad day for David Cullen and, and also I think not a great day for the consumer. I mean, yes, I'm, I'm all for the, the health, pla- health uh, you know, kind of implications, but, but he did make a fairly good point in his article where he said, look, the percent of silica in, in Caesarstone versus say granite, is only an extra five percent. So yeah, right. Of, you know, where do you draw the line? Mm. Um, you, you're now forcing the consumer to basically kind of cop, cop yeah. a, a lot higher expense. So what? The, so the it's win- obviously not going to help with inflation. The winners out. Yeah, the winners out of this though. What granite, marble, granite. laminate? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those guys. Be- I reckon laminate. Laminate, laminate probably the the real winners because yeah, that's going to be a cheaper alternative, right? So yeah. Anyway, hey, uh, let's go next to reverse mortgage. So. Uh, for a bit of context, guys, uh, as a listener and, and and for everyone, a reverse mortgage is basically something that uh, probably not as common as it used to be, but but um, just because a lot of the lenders don't do it today, you've got to have more of your boutique lender who will do it. But basically, if you are a property owner, you get to retirement and you've got, let's say you've got $5 million of property and you've got $2 million worth of debt. So you've got $3 million sitting there, but it's tied up in assets. Your options are, number one, you sell down some of your property, pay off the debt, mm-hmm. live off the rental income. Or one way that, that used to be more popular than it is today is you could borrow against the property. So you'd increase your debt gradually from $2 million so that you would basically kind of borrow against the equity and it would get repaid if you passed away or, 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 you know, something were to happen where you, you had to then sell the property. So makes sense in theory. Um, the banks didn't like it because uh, probably challenging to get the money back when you've got disputes over wills and estates and, and all that sort of thing. Uh, but it's making a, a bit of a comeback uh, at the moment because uh, I guess there's been a lot of growth in recent times. So it, it makes a lot of sense for people, but uh been a big jump in the past 12 months, hasn't there? Yeah. So what household capital who are, are a player in this sector are forecasting it can drive a tenfold increase in the value of its portfolio um, and is planning a $1 billion loan program next year. So what saying its portfolio is growing by 50% a year, um, meaning that there's, there's certainly a lot of activity there. Yeah. You pay higher rate and the, the government has the most popular program, but it's not the the criteria for eligibility is not high. Mm. It's called the pen, pension loan scheme now now called the home equity access scheme. Right. So like ultimately they're getting paid on the sale of the property rather than a ultimately, traditional yes. loan whereby yep. you make repayments ongoing. Yeah. So suits probably people that you know are, are older, retiring with a bunch of equity, potentially able to unlock it yep. um, without having to make repayments. I, I take it. Yes. Now the government's option. They only charge you a 3.95% interest rate. 
So the government's option really, really attractive because I guess they're saying, well, we'd otherwise be potentially paying a pension or, or something yes. like that. So makes sense. We're going to get at least get our money back and all it costs us is 3.95%. If you don't go with the government though, yes. you've got to um, uh, pay a much higher rate, nearly 10%. So it is expensive. You'd need the property to uh, go up a bit in value to, to, to recover that. Uh, and and it's most common to to say that you know most people will take out about two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and sell you know twenty five percent of right. the property value gotcha. basically to to the lender. Yeah, nice. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense, as you said. We've had strong growth. Um, it's a way to access equity without having to go through the um, you know hurdles of selling a property and the cost of that. So yeah, make makes sense. Hey, someone who won't need a reverse mortgage. Is Harry Triggerboff. Oh, go on, the Oracle, as you guys call him. What's he up to? Well, so if, he, for some reason, I guess because his company's so big, he publishes his financials every year. Mm. And uh, he's made a, made a profit this year of $290 million. Sorry, as in you're saying he's not listed, no. but he publishes them anyway. Yeah. Cool. Maybe, well, maybe if you're a certain size, you have to. I, I should look that up. I think, I think he, he has to lodge it with the corporate... Watchdog, as it's been referred in this article, so it must be if you if you're a certain size, you've got to which is you've got to do that. ASIC, I imagine. Yes. Corporate watchdog. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, though, he had a thirty six percent increase in his rents. Thirty six percent increase in his rents. Now that's across not his portfolio, just across his portfolio. Across his portfolio of fourteen and a half thousand units. Wow. So that's how many units? Uh, the Oracle owns yep. th- these days. Yeah, um, four and a half thousand, and uh, and and yet, uh, ba- basically had a thirty six percent increase in the rent that he collected, which is a combination of um, rents going up and uh, higher vacancy uh, or lower yes. lower vacancy rate, basically. Um, but his profit did go down slightly to t- two hundred ninety million. He had he had some increases in costs, oh, like surely interest rates. Does he would he debt finance most of the construction of his um, buildings? Uh, yes, he, that would, yes. Uh, that would have to have been. He treats all that separately, though. Does he? Yeah, yeah. He treats all that separately. Uh, he he wrote down his valuations by forty five thousand, which comes as an expense. Ro- oh, so, so it's a paper loss. My <laughs> man's not. My, my man's Don't not feel t- too, <laughs> too much sympathy yeah, for him. Yeah, come on, the oracle's but, uh, the oracle's doing just fine. Now the the thing I latched onto though was the rent's going up by thirty six percent. Yeah, which um would have like. That 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 is more than what rents have increased across the country. So he's obviously in really good locations, yep. maybe providing a good product. So rents across the country up by eight percent year on year. Mm. Uh, but I think that that figures closer to twelve percent in Sydney in the unit market. So, yeah. So that that would, you know it would it would account for a fair fair chunk of his his increase in rents. Yeah. Wow. But he certainly knows what he's doing. The Oracle. Yeah. Follow absolutely. follow what he does. Mm. And and that is the job today. Push your rents. Push your rents. Probably no better place to finish this year, unless we want to do another twenty minutes on the uh, Stockland and, L- and Lendlease deal. But uh, <laughs> I was going to say, if people are still listening, <laughs> pro- probably to, probably no better place to finish than with the unemployment data released last week. Yeah, yeah, unemployment. Very uh, interesting numbers. Now, I'll mm. I'll sort of caveat this by saying I've given up predicting 
what the Reserve Bank of Australia will do a long time ago after they came out and said we'd have, you know, zero to one, yeah, zero to zero point one percent interest rates till twenty twenty four. But in any event, if I look at those numbers, right, unemployment. Yeah. Start of this year, we had an unemployment rate of three point five percent. And we're just finishing the year off and unemployment's just notched up to 3.9%. Now that's been, still very healthy. Still very healthy, but it has increased and largely on the back of migration, a lot more people entering the workforce and not all of those people have been able to find jobs. So ma- 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 makes sense. Second bit of data as well in context of interest rates is inflation hit a high of 7% this year and it will end the year at about 4.9% somewhere around there. So inflation Mm. down, unemployment up, that equation to me surely indicates that we're going to be in an environment of interest rates where we should see them at least not going up anymore and if anything, going down in 2024. What's your sort of takeaway? Couple couple that too with, I think it was late last week, Jerome Powell, the head of the, uh, basically the, the US equivalent to the Reserve Bank of Australia, he, he came out and, and publicly declared that they would be making their next move as a as a, a pushing down of rates, which is relevant in the Australian context because we we sort of have to pay attention to that because our dollar is pegged to the mm. US dollar. Um, so you know that, and and then the the last last piece I think is, um, I think the GDP was about 02 percent. In the in the past quarter, yes, which uh, we spoke about that last week. I think we week, spoke where, about where that last week. But per if you take it, if you strip out population growth, people yeah. aren't spending more. Yeah. So 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 look, I think all of those things do certainly paint a picture that uh, that rates are going down in twenty twenty four. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's going to be welcomed from anyone with a mortgage. Certainly welcomed from from myself. But um, look, I think that the economy is still in reasonable shape, though. Like, um, you know, obviously, yeah. strong population, um, unemployment at three point nine percent. Certainly, nothing to worry about. I don't think it's been a lot higher than that in the past. As the late great Charlie Munger said, mm. uh, and you know, rest in peace, Charlie. He said, "The big money is not in the buying and selling, but the waiting." when it comes to investing. And it's very true. You know, house prices will finish the year up 10% mm. in, uh, across Australia and, and higher in, in the Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth yeah. markets. Rents are up by 8%. So things have gone a lot different to what The Economist certainly predicted, which uh, no surprise, obviously. <laughs> but, well, yeah. <laughs> when have they ever got anything right? But anyway, dropping so a little years, bit of... Years finish quite well. If you, if you can wait, if you could have afforded to hold on, right? Mm. Which is not easy in a high interest rate environment, but the waiting period—I feel like the hardest part about the waiting is—is—is is, is sort of past now. Yeah, um, rates are coming down, rents are still going up, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Mm. So yes, the money is made in the waiting, but the waiting is the hard part, isn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. It is—it is tough, um, particularly you know for those um, not being able to keep up with the cost of living. That's. Uh, the end of it, but geez, my man's dropped a fair bit of wisdom on on the listeners just now with the with with a quote and some insights. Jeez, that's off the top of my head too, actually. Yeah. But, um, hey, uh, gr- great to finish the year with you. Um, I'm not sure when we'll be back next year. We'll probably drop one the week of the fifteenth if we can get our act together. If not, it'll be the week following. Yeah. We haven't. We we probably should have had a chat before mm. we went to air, but that's 
feeling like the right time. Yep. Uh, I'm back that week at least. I, I, so. I, I am too. So I don't know what Alex JB's is doing. back, all right. Alex well, is... you know, if we can get ourselves organised with some notes and, and preparation, Alex won't be here. Well, no, I wouldn't have thought so. Um, what's, uh, what are you doing for Christmas, by the way? Mate, nothing this year. I'm looking okay. forward to doing absolutely nothing. I'm going to play as much golf as possible, spend some quality time with the fiancé and um, just hang around the Gold Coast. What, what about you? Uh, well, Hannah and I are going to Cabarita in uh, or north, northern New South Wales in uh, early early January. But yep. other than that, just same as you, family, family, um, staying local. Have you done your um, Christmas shopping yet? No, but we do a secret Santa. Oh, so I've only got perfect. one or two people perfect. to buy for, so that'll be a... Probably a thurs, Thursday night job. Thursday um, night. JB, yeah. what about you? What are, what are you doing? Oh, he's got no mic. But tell got us no anyway. Mic, we'll, but we'll relate. He's hosting. Hosting oh, Christmas. So, so am I. I got stitched up with that this oh, year. Oh, that's the worst job. Mm, pineapple leg of ham JB's pineapple making ham, up. Pineapple ham. Pineapple leg of ham. Okay, I like it. Well, last year we, we prepared uh, like biggest takeaways of the year. You and I weren't as organised. That was a more of an Alex thing. But um, what I will say is I'm full of optimism going into next year. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. If you are, I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for taking If you've still made it even to this <laughs> oh, point, if, if you even got past Lendlease and Stockland, oh, mate, to be honest, I, thank you. I think when we started um, talking about the tranche of which Stockland was paying Lendlease, I think we might have <laughs> lost a few and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, well, look, we've had fun anyway. Thank you uh, for listening. We will be back uh, tomorrow for the quick shots. So keep an eye out for that one or an ear out, as you will. Uh, have a great year and uh, hey, great end of the year, sorry. And we look forward to seeing you next year. See you later, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.